Welcome to the Disconnection Podcast. My name is Kyle Nielsen, and I'm here with Ori Yakutiel, and we'll be your host for today's show. Our guest today is Stefan Belpremier, the lead singer and frontman for The Big Easy. I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come in today, Stefan. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hell yeah. Right. Hell yeah. Stefan, first things first, um, tell us about your name. Yeah, well, did I did I pronounce that right? Yeah, you, you 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 said it perfectly. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. My parents are Haitian, and you know a lot of the language comes from French, so it's a very French name, um, and no one pronounces it because well, not everyone can, you know, wee oui, wee, oui. <laughs> <laughs> and you know pronounce French words. Yeah, but, it's hard to pronounce. Um, if you want like a funny story about it, I mean. It's always been a name that's been very weird for me in the sense that growing up, um, you know, being in school, I was in school with a bunch of people that I felt like had normal names, which really meant they just had American names. John Smith, yeah. you know, Jane Doe. You know, What's so, <laughs> so I can, one of the things I'll never, like, forget is um, teachers would always, you know, pronounce everyone's name correctly, but when they got to me, it'd always be Stefan or Steven, blah, blah. And I just put my hand up and be like, that's that's me. So <laughs> after about like four or five years of schooling, I started realizing that I'm never gonna get my name right. Well, as far as just like, it's also because it's, it's a B name, so it's always like the first, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I was yeah. ready you know, I to just be like, that. hey, it, it, it's me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Oh, my God. I was always ready to be like, hey, it, it's me. Don't don't even bother. See, my last name, Yakutiel, nobody can pronounce that right either. But I was at the end. I always Why? pronounce it Yucatiel. Yucatiel, Yakutiel, Yakutiel. Do you know how to speak French? Uh, No. No, no way. Pronounce, they... your, pronounce your last name for me. Beltham, yeah. I can pronounce my name. I mean, wow. that'd be tra- a travesty if I'm gonna pronounce my name. Yeah, yeah, I can pick up on a couple of French words, but there's no way I can sit here and with a straight face and tell you, yeah, I speak French. Yeah, like, there's <laughs> no way I can do that. Do you know when your uh, parents came over from Haiti? Oh, States? you know what? Um, I actually asked my dad about this recently. Um, and by recently, I mean a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I just cool. And I'm 27 years old, and I've I felt like I'd known so little about how my parents got here. So I remember asking my dad when we were out to dinner one night. I was just like, like, how did you, like, give me, give me your story. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he pretty much told me, like, he pretty much got here when he was, like, my age around. Maybe a couple of years older than me. Yeah. But it was around my age. And I think about my life now. I'm like, holy shit. Like, how... I could never think of doing anything like that at this point in my life. Moving from a third world country all the way up to America and starting over. Like, right? like I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Was How? he was he uh first one over here? Like were there already other family uh, members that already kind of like set up? Yeah, a shop so I here? asked them, I was like, so like give me what the hell? And um I always I mean, I still think we're the first I'm the first generation of my family being here in a sense that like being born here. Yeah. But my dad told me that he obviously had help along the way. You can't do that type of thing alone. But I think if I remember correctly, he was like 
yeah, my, my aunt already made it up here. And he somehow got here. And I asked him how. I was like, how do you, how do, you do that? And he was just like, you make things work out of necessity. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you need something to happen, like, you will find a way to make it happen. And he brought up my mom. And then my brother was born. And... And then it's so wild. And then like they, so they were like still like kind of like kids and yeah, they couldn't, yeah, they just got to America and they, they still figuring their shit out. So we're in America. uh, Oh man, I could be wrong. Then my dad's going to kill me when he hears this. I think he might've went to Spring Valley first, but I'm not sure if there's anywhere along the way. I just know my brother and my mom and my dad started there. Like Mm -hmm. that's, where they had their first place. That's as, that's as far back I remember as far as... I never lived in Spring Valley. Spring Valley is in Rockland County, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I believe that's where they went, or he went. And he managed to bring up my brother and my mom. And, and then they had to send my brother back to Haiti. No way. What's yeah, the story they, with that? they had to send him back because the story? there are kids they didn't like they didn't like ha- they couldn't support him. Wow. So we got to take you back and like like have our our my my like our aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. you know, have you for like a year while we get our shit together, and then like you come back. Wow. Damn. So my brother lived in Haiti for about like a year. Wow. And when he was like a kid, and <clears throat> I remember hearing a funny stories like when he finally got back or my my parents saw him again like after like a year. Like he didn't even like know who they were. He, no thought, he was just like, no, these are my family. Well, how old was he at the time? <laughs> he was a, he was like a, a, a child, a toddler. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that's so wild. I think about like that tells me how like crazy it was for them just to even, you know, make it happen here, mm-hmm. and then to be sitting here in a situation like in a room like this when it's kind of, you know, almost. It's a crazy journey. Yeah, it's it's like an eye opening experience. I feel like if we're gonna talk about like what people's parents have done for them, I think that like my parents have done enough. I feel like the ball is kind of in my court to Mm -hmm. make things happen. I feel like I've been put in a situation where or a position where I can actually like do something, and I know that there's so many people in Haiti that can or don't. Or don't have the opportunity. Yeah, don't. Yeah, the the, the same opportunity. Yeah, they they don't have the same opportunity as other. They they can't. You so said you were like, born in Spring Valley, or you? No, I was born in Nyack. In Nyack. Yeah, and, which is still in Rockland County. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's where I was born. How'd your family get to a uh, cloister? Well, that's where I met you. That's where like my Stefan experience started. Yeah, that, I mean that's where that's where everything kind of like. That's I moved there right when like I was kind of becoming a real well to say I'm a real person now is so ridiculous. <laughs> so when was that? When was that? Uh I mean I grew up at Inglewood and I went to I moved to closer in eighth grade. So I was mm-hmm. like fourteen years old. What a time, time to move. Definitely not. Oh, a real I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I was fucking pissed. <laughs> I was not happy about That's it. That's right when your social circle is like starting to build, it's solidifying. Exactly. But you know, if you asked me then I would have been angry as hell, but ask me now, I'm happy we did it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would not have I feel like I wouldn't be or know or 
do the things that I'm doing now. So I'm I'm cool with it. I'm I look back at it like as an adult and be like, yeah, that was that was a good call, my parents. Even though I hated it, it's it was it was really ang- I was really angry at the time. <laughs> like I remember, like is that middle school for you? Fourteen years old, or is that like freshman year of high school? No, that was that was on the cusp of high school. Eighth grade. So I like spent that? my eighth grade in Closter. I went to okay. I went okay. to um, NVD. No, I went. Well, I went to mid- I went that last that last year of middle school. I went in Closter. Oh wow. Yeah, and then I went to NVD. Mm. I, then- I always thought uh, Northern Valley. Was, uh, yeah, I don't think anyone knows what NVD is. Yeah, Northern Valley Regional <laughs> uh, High School. Northern Valley Demarest. Northern Valley Demarest Regional no, High School. High School, yeah. We Man. shared with like three towns. It's a very small neighborhood. I just yeah. moved from like a city to a small neighborhood. Well, what was that like? Tell us, tell us more about that. Oh, that was wild. I need to take a drink for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wild in what sense? Yeah, tell us tell us about like the transition. Yeah, the transition from Anglewood, which is predominantly black, to or you know of color, Hispanic as well, to Closter, which is you know, predominantly white. Yeah, yeah, yeah and was... you know, Jappy people at times, and Jappy is you know, <laughs> like Jewish American princess, some might consider, which is you know derogatory, but at the same time, that stigma of like mean girls is like our. That area, you know, yeah. NVD, yeah. you know. Closer. So tell us, tell us, what was that like transition like? Uh, well, it was, it was. I mean, it wasn't like it was weird and not weird at the same time because I went to schooling in Demarest, which is like in that neighborhood. And if you know that neighborhood at all, um, you know those in, in like closer Demarest, Hallworth, they all share the same high school. So I went, I went to school there as far as like elementary school and middle school. I went to a private school though. So I was always like kind of like around that mm-hmm. that environment. Okay. Um but but also growing up in England and living there so like leaving that environment every day to go back to you know my homies. <laughs> cool, cool. So like it's almost it was weird. It was almost like there was like I was like two different people at, in some sense. You know, I I go to like, you know, my predominantly white elementary school and see what life is like on this side, and then go back home and, you know, live that life. Whoa. Just, like, doing st- stupid shit. <laughs> you know, being, being, being a, a kid, though. Yeah, being know? a kid. Yeah. So then in eighth grade, when I, when I moved to the neighborhood that everyone kind of knows me for now, is, um, it was weird, but, like, I kind of felt like I already done it you know I, how I, I, yeah I already, I already knew how how, yeah. how like it was over there but like just to be in it was a little different but um i think that like clearly at that point in your life you're not even who you're really going to be yet mm-hmm. that's like i feel like that's like a giant crossroads where like the, depending on what happens at that moment or that time in your life between like your adult like your adolescence it has a huge role in who you become. Yeah, your teen years. Your teen years yeah. are huge, yeah. So I feel like I probably wouldn't be, I definitely wouldn't be, you know, into the things I'm into now, doing the things I'm doing now, if um if I'd stayed in Inglewood. Sure. There's no way. Because I, like, I still see my friends from there. And, like, they're all doing what, what, what was the, what's the deal in Inglewood, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, Inglewood's changed a whole lot, though. Yeah, it has. You but know, you're I, saying like you could you could almost 
imagine the life that you could have had if absolutely. you had stayed there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was there from 1990 to 2004. Wow. You know, so I, I, like, it was a different time back then. If you go to England now, like, mm-hmm. there's still some time. parts where, like, you know, it's a little, a little sketchy, but yeah. um, it's a lot less than it was in the, you know, back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but at what point did you get into music? It was pretty much when I moved to Closter. Really? Yeah, I mean, once I once I got there, um, I was around my friends who who pretty much were like doing things I felt like I didn't have access to or was doing in Inglewood. So you so, weren't playing guitar when you were in Inglewood? No way. No way. No way. <laughs> no way. I was just <laughs> I was just being a being a goofball. How'd you pick up oh, a guitar when I was a kid? Um, how did I pick it up? Yeah. Well. I went to elementary school in Demarest, so I still had friends there. So um, I would have sleepovers. And when I'm having a sleepover at my buddy Tom's house, eight, fifth grade, I suppose. No, seventh grade, seventh grade. Or some, somewhere around there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all, it's all one blur. Yeah. I was like 15 years old. And <laughs> we're like high off candy in his basement. <laughs> Literally just rush. like high. Yeah. yeah. And his family, Tom Warren's family, if you know the Warrens, you know they're they're very – they're a musical family. Like, the parents came from music. So there's, like, instruments laying all over the place. And I, there was a bass laying there. I just picked it up and just started, like, mm-hmm. messing around with it. <laughs> I was, like, doing this hammer-on on the 12th fret. And that became our biggest hit. And, and, that, and that pretty much, that night, Tom turns to me. He's like, yo, we should start a band. Mm. That night, having picked up the guitar, yeah, yeah, not picked, yeah, up, yeah. not picked up, just hammering, yeah, yeah. hammering. Yeah. It was actually sitting bass. in my lap, and I was just like, and then I picked up, started messing around with it, and he's like, "Yo, we should start a band." And Luke was his younger brother. Luke was in the room, and he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And that was our first band right there, we like 15, <laughs> 16 years, well, like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, I suppose. Do you guys have a name? A fighting can. A fighting can. <laughs> the way we came away was so funny, though. Yeah, what's the, what's the story? Because we all, like, someone had to pick, like, a, like I said, like, adjective. Someone had to pick a uh, noun. Someone you, picked you, a... You, like, uh, mad-libbed it? Yeah. Wow. That's great. So, so, so someone had the choice between a, a. and the. <laughs> someone had the choice of, like, any, you know, I guess, action verb. Right. Which was mine. I chose fighting. Nice. <laughs> and then Dude, why are we called the Big Easy, dude? We need to be a fighting can. <laughs> oh my god! And that's kind of how it started. And we all literally had no idea. Okay, so you on bass? What? Tom on drums, drums. guitar, drums. Dr- Tom on drums, and then Luke on guitar. Yeah. We we didn't. Did you know. all sing? No. <laughs> There's no singing involved. There's no singing. There is no there was no music involved. There was nothing in key. There was no Okay, but okay, so what was like the real getting into music? The real like all right, I'm a teenager that can uh so I mean after, play. after that, uh we, high school started and and then Tom like so we like obviously we we'd meet friends and all that and uh we Tom and Tom joined band, like met friends that way, and I, 
I took Japanese class. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, yeah, we, we just met a bunch of kids, and then we, we uh, met our friend at the time, Trevor. And he was a drummer, and Tom was playing guitar. And I, at this point, already, like, decided to start playing bass, but not really. So, like, my, my dad and my uncle, like, bought a bass for me. Awesome. And I, I was messing around with it for a little bit, but I didn't really do anything. But you still have it? Yeah. Oh, it's, nice. Yeah, it's nice. the bass sitting in my room right now. It's nice. like, it is a piece of shit. <laughs> Don't tell your it, dad that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's the, it's the truth. <laughs> um, Did no, you it's a, get such a whooping after your dad no hears way. this episode? <laughs> I hope not. Dad, I'm sorry. Um, it's a far, it's a Fender Squire, but so we did that, and then made made our friend Trevor. He played drums. Him and Tom and Trevor started a band called Peculiar Piano Riffs. They played this thing called Japanese Idol in high school. Um, I watched them. They asked me to play before I watched them. I told them no. I don't want to play in a band. I'm. It doesn't sound like fun. I think I was really just too nervous to play in front of people. That was really the reason. And then I saw them play like in a small little classroom, kill it and have so much fun and like rock the fuck out. And I was like, guys, I'm joining the band. (laughs) You wanted a piece of Yeah, I was like, yo, guys, I'm going to play bass for you guys. Before it was just guitar and drums. And they like, Tom just started writing music. Yeah. We had been like 16 at the time. Just started. And I was like, that looked like so much fun in this small little classroom. They just Mm -hmm. like, I was like, I'm doing this. So I was like, guys, I, I want to join now. <laughs> and then from there, like, we started playing shows. Nice. Like, literally, right then and there. Where would you play? We played a show. Our first, My first show I ever played, ever, was, or you'll probably know this, um, you know, right across the street from Demarest Middle School, that uh, St. Joseph's. That little, like, gazebo thing? Yeah, I essentially just played a, a show at my elementary school. Yeah. After I was not in elementary school in the gymnasium to like a great turnout of like 30 people. Nice. Was it Battle of the Bands? What was it? I don't know what it was. I don't remember the details of like what it All I know is we were playing a show there for some type of like fundraiser. Okay, so the fun. Yeah, that makes sense. You're not just setting up shows. Yo, guys, come on to the show. I'm assuming it was a fundraiser. Yeah, it's okay. the only that makes sense. Yeah, it's <laughs> believable. Or battle of the bands. There yeah, was a lot I mean, of like battle. There was, of the bands. I know it wasn't a battle of the bands. There was no competition involved. Mm-hmm. But Mountain. it definitely was like, oh, let's get these fifteen and sixteen year olds to play some music. And I know Tom's mom recorded the whole thing on VHS. Oh no, <laughs> I haven't seen it in years. But <laughs> but there is a recording there is of your first show on VHS. I've never been so nervous. Huh. It was so. I was like, there's so many people here. There's like 30 people there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we sounded great. <laughs> was there anyone singing at the time? Yeah. So it was Tom. And was there like a genre that you guys picked out? What were you playing? Uh, it was definitely indie rock. I think the genre we were going by was called like noise pop. Mm. Okay. If you guys are familiar with noise pop. I am, but why don't you explain it for everyone else that's listening? Essentially, noise pop. I guess like '90s indie rock noise pop was so much like in the in the sound of a band's like Pavement, which pretty much. I mean, what are the, what are the, some other bands? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean Pixies, Pavement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many. 
Oh man, I'm listen, drawing. listen, listen. Well, I mean, like, so. Putting you it, on the spot here. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, in, you are freezing up. <laughs> in the '90s, I, I saw like a lot of the bands that I feel like are noise pop now, or like if I'm gonna call them noise pop, you got Pavement, Pixies, Sonic Youth. I might even throw Guided by Voices in there, although they're more of like a lo-fi indie rock. Just had a, a sound in the '90s, and a lot of it kind of blended over into like noise pop so i feel mm-hmm. like indie rock like the defining sound of indie rock back then is what you can't call noise pop i mean if you even if you really want to throw modest mouse in there you can and the idea behind it is you have a band that is essentially giving you very catchy and poppy melodies and hooks and chord progressions over the sound of very noisy and distorted guitars that's the name noise pop sweet Cool. So it's poppy. Yeah. And if you listen, like you can hear the catchiness of this of the music. That sounds like most indie nowadays. But like, yeah, but it but yeah. it sounds it sounds very dirty and kind of like the guitars are very, you know, noisy and it just sounds kind of like almost mm-hmm. fucked up sounding, but it also coming out of the grunge era. Yeah. And and it gives to me like that music so much character. And there's a huge resurgence of bands like that, you know, today I feel like I feel like that's almost a current sound of of indie rock right now. Um, I feel like it's gone back to like '90s sounding, '90s like '90s sounding stuff, but that's that. I think noise pop is that's what I would define it. I think that's it. Um, speaking of current music, is there is there an artist that like you think stands above like everyone else across genre? And as a particular artist? Yeah, is there like an artist that you think is like just like above? I mean, you mean besides Drake? <laughs> <laughs> no, no way. That is so far from indie rock. Please tell me why you choose Drake. Drake is why? I mean, why not? Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, I there's a lot of people. Like you, that, are you gonna sit here and tell me that you're not a Drake fan? I am a Drake fan. I was just about to tell you I am a Drake fan. And there's a lot of people that refuse to listen to him. Uh, me personally, I think he's got a great sound. I think that part of the catch uh for me to his like rap or to his um R and B is that he tells stories about his life or what we perceive as his life, you know, being the populace, not knowing exactly what's going on in Drake's life. It's like oh, like he's got this story about some girl and this is happening. Like, I feel like it's true, whether it is or isn't. At least that's my draw. I feel like it's it's honest. He's a I good storyteller. That, yeah, he's a good storyteller. Story and I think that that's probably one of, the, one of the best parts about Drake, right? The fact that like when you listen to hip hop, you don't really get this, like new, current hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. let me just preface my, Purpose my statements with saying that I'm talking about current hip hop right now, not hip hop of the past. But you almost feel like a lot of it's just like bullshit in a sense. Not that they didn't come up from where they came up from, but Drake almost makes it. He no, I'm sorry. He made it cool <laughs> to be almost like a like emotional on the record. He made it cool. So like after he did that, how many other like r&b slash singers came out and started like pouring their hearts out Mm -hmm. or just going in that that stylistic way of going about that music in a way where like they're being very vulnerable on that record yeah but like on a rap 
Yeah, on a on a rap record. Like not being like he's he's talking about his like emotional problems and girl issues. Yeah. But like on a rap hip hop yeah, uh, uh, yeah. record, and, not and it, an R and B like soul thing, you know? It, like he kinda blends the two. He's also like mm-hmm. a pop artist, you can say as well. But like that's one of the things I feel like Drake does so well is that like he's able to convey these certain emotions that I think are just true to everyone and I love music that way i love that type of music in a in a genre of music where that is at one point what was not cool to do that right and well, yeah now it is it was like the mid-2000s or especially late 2000s was like gangster rap and everyone being hard yeah, in their squad I mean, and then still, you have drake yeah. come out but well drake came out what like oh nine oh eight coming out of like the mid the mid oh hundred you know o's and uh Oops. The mid-o's. Yeah, mid-o's. <laughs> mid-o's. Coming out the mid-o's. See if that catches on. Yeah. <laughs> starting right now. There's a name for them, but I can't remember what it is. But, um, but yeah, there was Turn a lot of, of like century. hard works. gangster rap. And Let's go with that. Then you get like, you know, emotional Drake. You get, yeah. You get, you the fucking bitch. No, I'm yeah. not. I'm like, look. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's fair to say that Drake is the one who started. He's anything. not. No, no. I'm not saying. But, but like, I he think broke, that, he broke the mold. Yeah, I think that as far as what he's like, what he's done, you can just look at it and be like, he made like he made it cool for rappers to do that. I think today. So that's one reason why he's <laughs> one of the many. <laughs> one of the. I mean, his music is just. All right. So let's stop talking about Drake. Get yeah, back to you. Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to model that that emotional side in any of your indie rock? Because listen, you're you're the writer for the Big Easy, you know. You're the singer. Do you try and and replicate that at all? Uh, I definitely one of my. I think my my main objective as a musician, or one of them, is to be able to convey emotions through music, whether it be vocals, whether it be, um, drums, how the guitars play, what riff is being played, how like. I feel like emotions are so easy, well, not easy, but you can convey them, very specific emotions that you can convey through music. And that's one of my biggest, like, goals is trying to, like, being able to be able, being able to get that point across. And not so much a meaning. Like, my songs to mean whatever to anyone. Like, they mean something to me. Like, there's a meaning within each song that I write or each line that I write. But that's not really what I'm trying to, get to you i'm trying to get you to feel that emotion it's the noise that like yeah vibrates through you exactly i'm trying to get you to feel like you know what and like that could be in lyrics it could be in the way this the song is sang. it could be the way the drums hit that that one part like i'll be like yo i need you to wash that ride (laughs) that's that's what i'm trying to do i like i need you to bend that note hard because i feel like it's you can convey emotions and you can use all those resources that you have as a musician to convey an emotion. And I think that's the best, my favorite part about music really, or one of my favorite parts is that like you can convey an emotion. And that is the one thing I find that I strive to do. And if there's one thing I want to get better at, it's just that always being able to do that. Would you say that, would you say that, um, you try to connect with people or would you say that you just try to make them feel something 
regardless of how you're feeling? Would you say that it's <clears throat> it's a mutual thing back and forth, or is it just on them? Um, I guess I, that's a that's a good question. I've always thought of it of like maybe trying to trying to get someone to just feel something. Um, I know a lot of the times when I'm writing something, I know how I'm feeling when I'm writing it, or I know what trying to feel I'm trying to push through. But at the end of the day, looking at it now, and like by you asking me that question, it's like, why should I try to make someone feel a specific emotion? You know, I know how I know specifically how I felt, but like maybe you don't need to feel that way as long as you feel something. As long as, as I like we all connect to music in an emotional level. I feel like it makes you feel some type of emotion. And if you and the music that we love the most is the music that brings the strongest emotions in you. Right? Whether if you if your emotion is, you know, you wanna feel angry or something, then like you're gonna you're gonna listen to music that like kind of like that. Not to say that you're an angry person, or if you if you you're like you're gonna gravitate towards emo to the music that are just gonna make you feel the strongest emotions. I think, and I think that a lot of those emotions kind of like comes from like who you are, what you've experienced. Yeah, what you've experienced, yeah. where you live. Yeah, like where you live, like all these are. things. But at the end of the day, when it comes to brass tacks, that's what it's really about. You know, so I'm not really, I don't think that's, I'm not really looking for anyone to feel a specific way. Are you trying to, are you trying to connect with people or are you just trying to like convey emotions? You're saying you're not really well, trying to I, make someone feel a certain way? Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like conveying an emotion is almost, is, is, is a way of connecting, right? Like to be to be able to convey a certain emotion that you feel, or being able to feel that emotion you feel, or being able to make them feel something at all, is a form of connection. There are some uh, artists that you know, it, maybe it's a little cliche, but there are definitely some artists that I've heard say, "Oh, I feel like I'm connecting with my fans. I feel like through these words, I'm connecting." And I've heard uh, artists, other artists say, "I want to make people feel this way." Sometimes I'll be having a great night. Sometimes I'll be having a shitty night. But they have a an objective in mind. So maybe it's it's uh maybe it's not so black and white. Maybe it's like not one or the other. Maybe it's both. Yeah, I mean everyone's gonna have their own. Everyone has their own objective mm -hmm. as far as like you know being a musician. Everyone has a different reason why they're doing it. Totally. Why are you doing it? Because it's fun as hell. Yeah, it is. It is fun as hell. Because it's fun as hell. And there's like, I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it. If I didn't like it, I'd stop. Well, here's, here's, a, here's my thought. If you're going to feel an emotion, let's say you're feeling really happy when you write a song, right? The audience, when you play that song again, might not always feel happy. You know, they might not their subjective feelings might not correlate with what you have tried to create for them. But if they feel anything at all, then in my opinion, you have connected with them. You've made them feel something. When I listen to music, I'm not looking for, you know, uh, like a black and white thing. It's how do I feel when I'm listening to this? Music transcends culture. Music is the one thing that if you don't speak my language, I can show you a piece of music and you can be like, oh, nodding in your language, <laughs> nodding in your language, nodding in, in <laughs> nodding general, in your language. and then saying in your <laughs> language, I mean, there, like, there are, there are this is cool. There are different nods 
depending on what culture you're in. There are. And we so, can don't talk worry, about you're good. Those you're, nods you're, later. you're good. You're good. We you're can, good. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed many different <laughs> nods. Yeah. So, it, if you're trying to convey or, or just have your audience feel something, then as long as they're feeling anything, really, that's you've succeeded in general. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, hope that's so. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. I, I, I hope so. so. I mean, I hope so. I. I hope that's the case. I hope it's the case every every show we play, but um, Do you feel like it is? Is there is there a show that you've gone to where you're like, oh, like I didn't connect with them? Oh man, you're you're asking a musician if they're if they ever played a show like, damn, I didn't connect with my fans. Oh yeah. Kyle, are you asking <laughs> if there was a show where he was Disconnected. <laughs> oh, this is name. this is all one ploy to get that plug. Yeah, to get that plug. No, no, we didn't try to get that plug. That's not what happened. <laughs> hey, it's our show. We can plug our name. Yeah, try to get that plug. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, as a musician, you haven't played to so many fucking people that don't want to see your band just coming up. If you're gonna sit there and be like, every show, be like, oh man, like I really feel like. We didn't connect with those people there. <laughs> then you're doomed. You are doomed. Lots yeah, of all, all the fucking time, man. Yeah. Short answer, yes. Yeah, lots hell of yeah. Like there are so many times we have to play a show. I was like, damn it. Well, all right, that sucked. Yeah, but I think that when you do, that kind of like outweighs that. Every everybody who decides to be a musician needs knows what that is like speaking you know. of um connections and disconnections oh god um i know i know i'm gonna do it every time i get this is great um <laughs> how uh how do you feel being like usually the only black dude at you know these mostly white shows um especially in new jersey central jersey and northern jersey um, and you're is, not just a side, you know, like you're not just uh, on the drums in the background. Like you're the singer. You're yeah, dude, you're front the front in front man. of that yeah. crowd. <laughs> like, like how, how, you know, what does that feel like? What's what's that like? Um, I mean, you like, in 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 I in a in a perfect world, you're not supposed to feel anything about that, right? For sure. So it's just be like whatever. Just but, another human playing for another human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, but that's, that's obviously not the case, you know. <laughs> but. I mean, I try not to really think about that type of stuff, to be honest. Cool. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's something that I know is there, but it's not something I really try to think about because if you do, that's just, you got to recognize things, you got to understand things, you got to see, like, you know, you got to be perceptive in what's going on around you. and like the Be state, careful. Yeah, the state of, you know, what's happening. But um, as far as, like, looking at that, it's always, I mean, it's some of the things think about but it's something i choose not to think about mm -hmm. you know i'm not asking you as like a the representative of the black community i'm not saying that i'm saying mm -hmm. like just personally like you personally feel like you just don't want to acknowledge it that's what you're saying i mean i don't want to acknowledge it but sometimes you have to acknowledge it mm -hmm. but like i told you i i i grew up essentially in a predominantly white neighborhood so mm -hmm. it's almost just like yeah I, it's normal for me for at sure. this point. Like, I don't really think about it. I think about it now more than ever, actually, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Was well, there that? an instance? Yeah, why? why? Uh, I mean, I feel like 
now that I'm older, it, you, it, things are a little more apparent, if you will. You know, when you're younger and you're around a lot of time, like when you're, when you're, like when I was a kid, I would think about it, but like I just got so accustomed to it. But then like now that I'm older, it's almost like you kind of like revert back to it. And not in like a negative standpoint. It's more of just like you see it and you can, and you can see it or like you can almost see how things kind of play differently for, for people you know, of, of my skin tone than, than others. Um, but I, I, I just, like at the end of the day, it's not just like a music thing. You know, if I'm going to sit here and talk about it musically, I feel like that's just not even doing the whole picture justice, sure. right? I can sit here and be like, oh, um, I'm like the only black guy doing this and, you know, I don't get the same opportunities. But if you just look at, you know, black people in america that's just the story mm -hmm. right, it's the system as a whole yeah it's yeah, just the story so it like that just be a very fraction of of so i don't think about it in the sense of just like music if i'm gonna think about it i'm gonna think about it in the terms of just like everything you know as far as like you know prisons and and and, and opportunities and, and like everything you're gonna i'm gonna think about it that way not just in music Sure, I mean, I can sit here and talk about how, how it is in music. Or maybe I can, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I know I can, yeah. we can always, everyone should be able to talk about yeah. how it is in, on, a, on a massive scale in America. And we're lucky. Or that, maybe even global. You we're know? lucky that we can. You know, we're, we're in a time and place where we have the technology to spread our ideas, share our thoughts, come together yeah. from all different races, cultures, everything, you know, like, your family's from Haiti. Mine's from Israel. Kyle's American. I'm his, a mutt. Yo. He's a mutt. But so his many, his dad is from Salt Lake over. City. Dude. I always wonder, like, when is it that people can just say they're American? Because I, I like, because like, if you ask an American, oh, like, you know, what's your, what's your, who you, where are you from? Or they'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm Italian. I'm Irish. I'm English. But like, you ask anyone else, they're just like, I'm. Here, Stefan, why don't you ask an Israeli if they're American? Are you American? I am, because <laughs> I'm naturalized. I became, I've been here for so long that I became an American. Exactly. I'm but also I... Israeli. It's not one or the other, you know what I mean? I'm both Israeli, both American, both a human, both a citizen of the world, both a collection of atoms. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> we're, we're everything, dude. We're everything. I think part That's of how it I look is at it. how you want to identify with yourself, right? So some people don't want to identify with the American culture. And so they are reluctant to say, I'm American. Uh, like me personally, I don't say I'm from New Jersey when I go abroad. I say I'm from New York City because I work there. I have a lot of friends there. I know the area well. So when I'm out and about and they go, oh, where are you from? I'm like, oh, New York City. Well, it's, like, also oh. a lot, it's also a lot easier. It's to way say easier. It is. But it's a convenience. Yeah, it's a convenience. So when someone says like, oh, what are you? It's like. For me personally, like I'm a mutt. My heritage is my mother's side is Hungarian Irish, my dad's side is Swedish, and a, a bunch of other things. But my dad's side has been in America for so long that like I really am American. Like they traveled and like we're with the manifest destiny, like let's well, travel I mean, to uh, the West I, and you Can know? I ask you something then? Sure. All right. Let me let me let me bring this back. Once you say let's just say or let me ask you 
would you say that it's only white people that and white people in America that usually when you ask them like, oh, what are you? Or like, it's not just like I'm American or white. It's a, it's always something different. It's always like exactly what you just said. It's what you I want. It's what you want to identify with. What they yeah. choose to it, identify. So yeah. so Americans as a whole are a very diverse group of people. So that was we like, what I'm about asking is 320 million people. When, that was the when, purpose when, of America. When, when can we become Americans? So <laughs> when you choose to be, I'm so glad you asked that. My understanding is that when you identify with your heritage, you're allowing yourself to be traditional. When you refuse to accept that the culture that you reside in and the culture that you that formed you, like us Americans, like all three of us in this room, we're technically Americans. We really are. When you refuse to accept that as your identity is when you start to have a culture and a society break apart as a whole. So if Americans decide not to identify as Americans, our culture and our society will dissolve. And we don't want that. When your culture and society dissolves... Well, you're saying you, if the Americans just start referring themselves as Americans, you're, you lose your culture. No, he's saying the opposite. No, saying I'm when saying you, that when, when you... When don't I, agree. When you refuse to accept the culture you live in, mm-hmm. And you say, I am American culture. Right. So, but, but, but also by calling yourself American, you're also losing the culture of which. But that's, that is subjective. Like I don't lose my heritage by mm-hmm. saying that I'm American. Uh, I'll give you an example. Americans all across the country are Americans. However, if I, from a, uh, you know, city area, New York City, again, am I identifying with New York City? <laughs> there you uh, go. Me as from as, Jersey, stand by it, right? Yeah, yeah, Jersey, <laughs> armpit of America. Anyway, so Best place ever been. when I when I was in the Marine Corps, they would call me a city slicker, and they're from Ooh. the the um, Bible Belt, or they're from Western America, and they're were a little some bit of them from like Pennsylvania. Some of them were from Pennsylvania. Oh, some were city slicker. <laughs> some like that. There too, man. <laughs> yeah, some were from uh, here in you know Staten Island. But the point is, is that they don't think that. Everyone everywhere is American, but that's not true. Like when you try and divide and say they're not us or they're not like us, well, you're wrong. You're American. They're American. You just happen to be in a different area, but that doesn't mean you're not of the same culture. And, you know, when you get into the nitty gritty stuff, like, yeah, the culture is different from a city to a rural area, but essentially we're supposed to be together. We're supposed to be uniformed in the sense that we're a diverse group together that's what the united states is supposed to resemble yeah. i don't think uniform is a good way to describe it but support support yeah support uniform we'll uniform meaning more like we're all the same but diverse together different yeah. together different together yeah There's which, to which is that. lost <laughs> uh, unfortunately um yeah well so it's so it's good to acknowledge i don't know how the fuck we got onto this so it's yeah, right? <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's really good to acknowledge that there are systemic issues with how minorities are treated and not just blacks uh no offense to you stefan but hispanics um some asians it's like the in hollywood there's this thing going on where it's very real the asian representation in movies is like so insignificant it's it's almost not there they have to force it they have to force it up for lost time or they have uh kumar from harold and kumar like in every movie 
Yeah. <laughs> he, he acts as the Asian guy in all movies. It's like, holy yeah. shit, can we get another actor in there? I know there's some more mo- motherfucking yeah. actors. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a minute, though. Doesn't he like work? What do you mean, dude? He's in Star Trek, dude. Is he's, he? uh, he's uh, what's that guy's name? Sulu. Oh. Yeah. Dude, that's Sulu. Hold on. He's in everything, man. Am I thinking yeah. about the wrong person? That could be. Well, dude, could be. Harold became Sulu. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, well, music, race. I know you're into some other shit, Stefan. Yeah, we were talking about galaxies before we came and here, physics. actually. Physics. Well, you, yeah. used to, you studied physics, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. How'd you get into that? Oh, God. I mean, I've always been really into science, period, like, as a kid. And I feel like you know what you like, and you just... I, it's just always something I've kind of really been into, and like as by... As time went on, I started to f- realize or find out what exactly the particular science that I like. So I always kind of liked it all. But uh, I studied physics pretty much just to be an astronomer. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'd never finish school or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but if I did, I was on my, I, I pretty much started studying physics to become an astronomer. And my, uh, fi- um, my astronomer teacher, astronomy teacher, told me, the best way to do it is to get your bachelor's in physics, go for your grad in astronomy, and uh, go from there. And I was like, all right. So I guess I'll just make my major physics. And this is like, he told me that before I even decided on a major. How old were you at the time? Oh, it's probably like maybe 20. Mm-hmm. 28, 20, yeah, around 20. I didn't know what I was really doing. I just know I didn't want to go to school to study music. I know I want to just use the opportunity for school to study something else. After so, high school, did you go straight to? College? I went to I went straight to school and then left. Where Where were you at school? I was at Bergen. Right after right after right high school. High school. So I, yeah, I went I went to Bergen Community College. How long were you there for? I was I my I, my first stint was a semester, and then I uh, retired. <laughs> <laughs> went back a couple of years later, mm-hmm. and that was why I kind of like was a little older and started knowing a little more of what I wanted to do. Yeah. And that, that was a lot easier. That was when I started studying physics. And then I uh, retired again. <laughs> <laughs> why'd, you, uh, why'd you leave school the second time? Uh, essentially, I mean, one, because I was paying for it myself, and I was like, well, I have no money. But also, also, that was when I really started getting heavy into music, and I was just like, well, it's either I spend this amount of years trying to get to where I want to be like as a physics or astronomer or spend this amount of years getting to where I want to be as a musician. And I was like, all right, well, they're probably going to end up being both around the same type of money I'm going to spend. Hmm. And this one's a lot more fun. So, and this one's not really going to go anywhere. Granted, obviously getting the, phys- the physics or yeah, astronomy, I mean, school. Yeah. yeah, school. Really. And granted, you know, you get older, it gets a lot harder to go to school. But my mentality was just like, if it's something you really want to do, you just got to fucking go for it. So that's what I did. And if I really wanted to go into that, I would have just went for it. You know, I, that was my thing. I, I like coming out of, coming out of high school, I, I feel like I made like a bunch of stupid decisions and I got to a certain point where I was just like, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to follow that, that one goal that I have that I know that I want to do in my life. I feel like a lot of people don't do that. 
A lot of people like try to like, especially right out of high school. Yeah, like, a I mean, lot of pressure. You, like you, you do, you do what your parents you tell shit. you, and I did as well. I did. My parents told me I did what I thought I should be doing. You also see all your other friends going away to school. Exactly. So pressure. Of and, that. Yeah, and you just think. I got to apply. I was like doing things I feel like I didn't want to do. So then eventually, like, you kind of get that moment where like it hits you in the face, and you're just like, "Wait a minute, I'm just gonna." put my fucking heart into the one thing that I want to do. And I've always felt like I was kind of lucky to even know that. And and early yeah, not age, everyone gets to know that. Yeah, I yeah. feel like there's people like our age that just do not know what they want to do at For all. Sure. You know, and I feel like I'm lucky that I want to like I know what I want to do. Is it the easiest thing? <laughs> Spell no. it out. Like no. we know you want to do music, but like bro, what do you want to do? Like what's the Tell us about like Endgame, Stefan. Where are you gonna be in like the next like five yeah. years? Where do you see yourself? Instead of going for that doctorate in astronomy, yeah, you're gonna right, yeah, yeah. rock what's, it out. Like, what's up? <laughs> what's like what's like final form, Stefan? Yeah, right? like, form. <laughs> take us through like the evolution. Right Jesus, now. all the uh, different I mean, forms. It's tough to say. I mean, I know what I want for myself, but you want you know, no one, no one really. Everyone, everyone has an idea, and my idea is that I just want to get. I just want to be in a comfortable position where I can enjoy what I'm doing and live like a like a sensible person, like mm-hmm. a normal person. In the sense that like obviously being a musician is not like a normal day-to-day job, but it can be just doing something that you've always wanted to do and and making a living out of it. That's I I think that would make me happy. Like that that is happiness to me as far as just like getting getting what you living living what you want, like just having a goal for yourself and, and, and obtaining that goal. Happiness is always gonna change as you as you grow older. One time this girl I was on a date with, <laughs> she goes I was like she was she asked me, Are you happy? And I was like, Well yeah, I mean I think I could be happier. And then she was like, Well, there's your problem. Happiness, why does it have to be a destination? And I was just like, oh, fuck. Whoa. <laughs> she said, well, never saw her again, Yo, by the, the way. Girls, <laughs> the Tinder girls are getting smart, dude. <laughs> was, never, was she a Tinder girl? Never saw her, never saw her again. What's Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Literally, what a great answer. What's Cheers that, to that. I have no idea what As he chugs his beer. <laughs> Oh man! But yeah, so okay. But what's like the next step that, above that? Yeah. Let's say, let's say you get that, you get what you want. What's the you know fantasy? You have what you want, but what's like the fantasy? The the next level above that for you? Yeah, listen. If I could travel the world and be comfortable, that's that's happy. Well, but the see, fantasy is yeah, like what's your fantasy. It's beyond that. Yeah, I mean, like, who, what's that for you, Stefan? I'm curious. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I never. I didn't even thought about like what I could do after I got there. You just ah. want to get there first. Yeah, it's just like ah. I like to me it's like one step at a time. And in between getting to there, there's a bunch of other steps. So like once I like I shouldn't be thinking I feel like I shouldn't be thinking about like I have a long-term girl. I have long-term uh goals obviously. But um I feel like I should be focused on what's right in front of me right now. Mhm. And then, like, once I get there, I can, like, move on. I think that I may, I may have an idea of what I want as far as like, what, I, what do I want, you know, 
later in life is more of like doing like doing music and then perfect the perfect thing for me if i can put it out it'd be yeah becoming a respected artist at whatever this that whatever it is that i do being respected at that point and using that platform or using that know-how as a way to segue into other things that i could get into as well for sure cool yeah you know that's, that's and awesome so yeah. like that's attainable. Do, yeah, doing doing like, you know, doing the music and then now you've done music and now people are going to listen to you regardless of what you're talking about, even if you're not talking about music. How many people are going to listen to Kanye West talk about politics? You want to get into politics? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. But the point is, like, Stephen people, people are going to listen to him. And I feel like it'd be nice to get to a platform where, like, my words can be respected enough so that people will actually give a shit about what I have to say about other topics and issues. For sure. And I would love to. And a lot of people do that. That's what a lot of yeah, I know. celebrity exactly. do. It's how they, they maintain they, their celebrity. They get to a certain point and now they can literally talk about anything. And they don't have to be the like the most famous celebrity at all. Like fame is not something that, I mean, I don't think anyone, when you really think about wants, if you do, you're a mad person. A little yeah. narcissistic. Yeah, yeah a you're mad. Yeah. If anyone wants fame, I feel like you're wild. But I love wild. Patrick, yeah. Patrick Bateman, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I love, you know, the thing. Like I feel like I love something that, if you get, if you take it to the highest level, it kind of just comes with it. You know, not not necessarily that's what you want, but that's what comes with it. But. I feel the, my my thing is just getting to a point where it's not about fame or or getting like any of that. It's about getting to a point where you're respected enough at what you do or did that like you can use that to make a platform and kind of just like almost make things better. Awesome, man. Yeah, I think that's really attainable. Um that being said, what's next? Uh give us the What's next for your music? What's next for the Big Easy's music? Uh, so right now, I'm almost done writing a record. Like so close, I can taste it. Full but, length? Yeah, full length. And what's next is to finish it out, finish these, finish these songs, get them sounding right, putting them out, and hopefully getting them to the right ears and the right places where they they flourish got any shows coming up oh yeah throw out some plugs all right well all right so yeah where can people find you <laughs> you're like ooh, shows yeah, this but is, plugs i wish we did video just so we could show people yeah, the, look on the reactions L- listen to drake's latest album <laughs> <laughs> no good plug, um, good plug. <laughs> so yeah i mean w- w- i've been really focused on writing this record but we do have a couple shows coming up um we have a couple in new jersey so yeah i've been getting things together with that and, and working on that and and making sure everything's alive with that but really it's been anything right now it's kind of like one-offs it's really focused on writing the best damn record i possibly can and putting like to me this this record has to be the best damn thing I've ever done in my life you know this episode actually isn't going to air for a couple of weeks from the time of recording it so instead of uh upcoming shows where can people find the music yeah that way they can find the when you drop got it yeah 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 i mean so i mean we're the the big easy 
I am a singer and, and a songwriter in a band called the Big Easy. <laughs> in which case, you can like use nonchalant. You can <laughs> you can use all of your favorite streaming sources. You can use um, Apple Music, if you will, Spotify, iTunes, Bandcamp, Facebooks, Instagrams. I heard we're not using Facebook anymore. You didn't delete your Facebook, bro? No, why would I delete my Facebook? I deleted it off my phone at least. You deleted Facebook? Oh, I mean, my Facebook's been deleted off my phone forever. Oh, cool. Oh, you just oh you just got to that. Oh point? no, I wasn't sure if you guys weren't on the trend. It's like oh, it's, no, it's no. like it's like hip right now to delete Facebook. Yeah, exactly. After the whole, I'm breach, totally on the after trend. The whole like uh, is, wait, did, I I am lost. All right, we'll, right. we'll talk after the show. <laughs> 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 Obviously, you're keeping Facebook. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, but yeah, you can find all, all the major streaming platforms where the Big Easy. You just type it in. We should be, you know. One more thing I want to ask you: um, if you were to give a quick piece of advice, just a quick piece of advice for like upcoming musicians, um, band or solo, just like a, what should they watch out for? My biggest advice is to use your resources and know who you need to talk to. You know, your music can be great and you can reach a lot of people. I also think that another bit of advice is to don't lose the, I guess like intimate side of, of being a musician in the sense that go out to shows and make friends with people and, and talk to other musicians and, and, and get your music out that way. Um, I know a lot of people can use the internet to, to get their stuff out there, but one thing I would like is if no one really lost touch, not saying that that's a thing, but it'd be nice to have that continue on for as long as music is a thing. Say it. Say, say the word disconnected. <laughs> oh, say, God. Say, <laughs> you were so on the cusp. I just don't want anyone to be disconnected. So on the cusp of saying it. Look out, look out. <laughs> if anyone could see a camera in Tiori's face right now, he's happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> but as long as we, well, then, yeah, if we keep that connection, that interpersonal connection between different artists and musicians, and not even musicians, just like any type of art. You can, like, you meet someone who's a, who is great at, you know, there are drawing or, or painting, you know, you can, there's different ways we can all help each other. There's different ways we can all, you know, do things for each other and make us better. And hopefully by turn the world, a better place. So I think that if you're asking me what my advice is, it's just to mm -hmm. stay, stay interwoven with people in, in, in a deeply personal way within the art and what you're doing. Because I feel like that is almost one, like another great part about being an artist or anything, any particular trade or, or, or passion that you have. Being around like-minded people that are doing that will, one, only make you better and just give you so much, so much more experience. And that's something I feel like you don't necessarily get from just sitting behind your computer and putting things out that way. Um, but yeah, just talk to people. I think that's great advice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome advice. Yeah. Stefan, thank you for coming in, man. Yeah, thank you this so is much. Great. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> it's awesome to be here and, and answer these questions. You guys really made me think about stuff that I don't usually think about. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's the idea. That's the idea, man. You guys are really disconnecting those those patterns in my brain to maybe think about all this stuff. But thank you guys. It's 
awesome to be here. And thanks for this uh, wonderful lager that I had. Thank in Kyle's my head. dad. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Kyle's dad. Well, guys, thank you for joining us for another episode on the Disconnection Podcast, where we aim to inform, inspire, and close the disconnections in your life. Special thanks today for our guests for giving a unique perspective on a range of topics. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, the podcast app, and everywhere else. I've been Kyle. I've been Ori. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Disconnection. I put my life in the devil's hands tonight. Put my life in the devil's hands. I put my life in the devil's hands tonight.